Hey guys, welcome into another episode of Dirt Tracker Conversations. The Kings Royal and Brad Doty Classic are on tap this week for the War of Outlaws, and my good friend Blake Anderson hopped on with me to talk about the week ahead. If you don't know Blake, he's the voice of the All-Star Circuit of Champions, and you'll hear him on the mic this week at Eldora. We talked win favorites, some dark horses, what Kyle Larson's chances are, maybe potential car counts, a little bit of All-Star talk, and more. I've known Blake a long time, and he's super knowledgeable about the sport. Please enjoy the show. Attica Raceway Park tonight, uh, Brad Doty Classic. I guess my first question is, is and maybe you know this better than than a lot of people being, is how you're, you're friends with him, but is Kyle Larson racing this week? I don't – Kyle is racing this week. I'm not okay. sure what his first day is. I know he's going to run Eldora, and I think he's running the Doty tonight. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty I, I sure like he is. I, I looked around this morning before I was doing my daily show trying to figure out if Larson was going to race, but I feel like – you know, in thinking about him racing this week, obviously you won the Doty last last year, and and what is kind of possible from him um, is is he the favorite all week? Is he not the favorite all week? I, I feel like, you know, with what we saw him do last year, it's like everybody just kind of automatically assumes that when he shows up, he's going to win. But that's just hasn't really seemed to be the case. And and obviously, you know, not running as much dirt this year, you know, that might be affecting his kind of ability to win any night out. But do you view him as the favorite this week? I don't, I mean, honestly, I don't view him as the favorite. He, he's obviously going to be, I mean, you give me three guys and he's going to be one of those three guys I'm probably going to pick, but man, right now, the way Brad sweets running, it's hard to not put Brad as the favorite, especially as well as he gets around Eldora, obviously the last Kings Royal winner. And he is one of, or I maybe not the favorite over at Attica because I mean, there's two outlaw drivers that have won outlaw features at Attica, Donnie and David Gravel and the rest are, have been shut out there. But I think when we move to Eldora and you put the big money on the line, Brad gets around that place so well, but Kyle does too. I mean, obviously Kyle won the one at Eldora last year and is very, very good there and nearly won the governor's reign last year, but he just hasn't run the sprint car as much. And as we've seen in an outlaw races this year, He's kind of been floating around in the top five, but hasn't really been that dominant force. And I think that has probably a little bit to do with just not running a sprint car every single night. But I certainly think I'm not saying he's not capable of winning because I have to think when you name people that are going to win the Royal, you have to mention him. Uh, Brad Doty Classic tonight as as we talk, the... This is a ten thousand a win show, standard purse, you know. And, and if you if you take Brad Doty's name off of it, it 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 you know, there it's easy to look at this as just another outlaw show. But when you add Brad Brad on top of this, how do you view the Brad Doty Classic? And and obviously we've seen a lot of guys get emotional winning this race and and have you know this is one a lot of guys want to win. But but how do you view the Brad Doty Classic? I think it's tough not to get emotional because everyone likes Brad. You'd be hard pressed to find a guy that's nicer than Brad and just more genuine and really cares about our sport at all levels. So I think that's part of why, I mean, it, it's, it adds to the week because I mean, you look at what you can do in Ohio right now, you can race the next five nights for 10,000, 10,000, 175, 12,000, 175. So I think that really helps, but it is another race, but when you add Brad's name on it, I think just adding his name on there makes it a little bit bigger because of what Brad means to our sport. Uh, you've spent a lot of time in, in Ohio, especially uh, recently with, you know, Ohio Sprint Speed Week and, and all of the other stuff that the All-Stars have going on. But 
what is different about racing in Ohio? And, and I asked that especially kind of more about Attica than, than Eldora. I feel like Eldora is not really kind of part of like the weekly Ohio scene, obviously that, you know, they don't do a weekly 410 show there, but, but Attica specifically, it's, I feel like it's a difficult place to get around. And, and, you know, like you said, Donnie and David are the only two outlaw drivers that actually have outlaw wins there, but what, what's so difficult about those Ohio tracks and what makes them different? I think it just slicks off so much and it really, it, I, I mean, I haven't driv- driven a sprint car, but I feel like at Eldor- at Attica, you really have to drive with your feet as opposed to just being wide open somewhere. And it gets tricky because it can develop a big cushion, especially in turn number four. And when it gets slick and then you bang out that cushion, it really makes kind of an intriguing combination, especially after turn number four. But the locals usually seem to get around there so well. It kind of reminds me of it. It's maybe more central Pennsylvania, like from the difficulty of just adapting to it, because there's really not, not much else out there like it. It gets slick, but it doesn't get, say, Fremont slick, because that's a whole nother level of slick almost. But I don't know. I feel like if there's any year that the Outlaws are going to be able to go in and win at Attica, it's probably this year. I, I just feel like there hasn't been that dominant force in northwest ohio this year that we've seen in years past like last year cap henry absolutely dominated the northwest ohio scene this year i mean cole macedo has been super fast but can he put the whole night together is the question and that but that 18 car he has the speed to pull the upset off i feel like it's just if you can get put that whole night together especially at the start of the night which i thought your qualifying piece the other day was intriguing because i think qualifying really is important and there are a few drivers that can overcome it and the driver that you mentioned brad sweet is probably one of those just a select few drivers that can overcome an average qualifying effort to win. Uh, let's talk before we move on to the Kings Royal. Let's talk about the All Stars specifically. So, you know, obviously, you know, you being the voice of the All Stars, you're, you're embedded in that all the time. I did not see Tyler Courtney doing what he's doing this year, and and I feel like. <laughs> Uh, before the season started, I feel like there was a lot of people pointing at Tyler Courtney as, as a guy that could win the championship. And I, and I didn't see it. Like I, Tyler is a talented race car driver. There's no doubt about that. And, and all of that he's done in the past, but for him to transition this quickly from the non-wing car to the wing car and have this amount of success is like, to me has been really, really surprising. And I, I did not see at this point in the season for him to have a dominating lead in the championship. Yeah. I, I thought Tyler would come in and adapt pretty well because he's made limited wing starts and done well, but I'll admit, I did not foresee him really kind of running away with the championship, at least the way that he has and kind of dominating. I thought absolutely top five. I thought if he could run third in points, that would be a pretty darn solid rookie effort, but man, he just, I feel like he clicked off that first win at I-96 and that kind of lit the fuse. And he mentioned to me in the dash draw this weekend, I haven't won in a month. Well, we he didn't win during speed week, but ran extremely well. He's just been running in the top five. And honestly, that's what it takes to win the championship. I talked with one of his car owners, Tim Clausen, probably maybe a month into the season. And Tim and I were talking about average finishes and what it takes to win a championship. So I sent him, I think the last six or seven years worth of champions and their average finish, how many wins they had. And that's kind of been the benchmark for him. And they've been below that benchmark. I mean, below isn't better than that benchmark and average finish. So it's been pretty darn impressive. I mean, Justin Peck has been solid. Corey Lyson, I feel like, is kind of coming around. They're, they're getting a lot more consistent. And Corey's starting to run in the top five a lot more than what he was, say, a month ago. So the last half of the season, I mean, I mean we're past the halfway point, maybe last 40% of the season is going to be really interesting. And I feel like 
I'm kind of interested if we can press the reset button and see who wins, say, the last 30 races of the year, what it's going to be like because we're at race 32 and we have 30 or 25 left or so. Tell me about the guys kind of behind Tyler Courtney. I've been watching some of those flow racing videos, you know, kind of following Tyler's season. But tell me about his crew chief. Tell me about his crew guys. I, I feel like, you know, you 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 have like the list of, of crew chiefs that you know about and the crew guys that you know about kind of across the board. But I, I don't feel like you have that with Tyler's crew. So tell me about their guys. Yeah. Jake Argo is his crew chief and Jake's been around for a long time, but Jake really, I, I believe he worked at CSI and did a lot of shock stuff. So he's super good with the shocks. And then Luke Vaughn's his car chief and Luke just graduated college and he is uh, he works on aircrafts. So, I mean, he's a, he's a pretty smart guy. And the one that's really fun to keep an eye on is Balin. He's 15 years old. He does the tires and just talking with some of the guys in the pit area, they said like Balin is the next crew chief. Like he is one in 10 years. Everyone's going to know who this kid is. And we're going to say, Hey, remember that 15 year old kid that worked on Tyler Courtney's car way back in 2021. Look what he's doing now. I've just heard nothing but good things about just how smart he is. And he, his parents, I believe if I remember right, they drove him like an hour each way for him to start working on this race car and really kind of follow his dreams. But they kind of put together a crew that hasn't really been on the road, especially, you know, Luke and Dalen, they haven't traveled and it's just clicked. They've done very, very well in their three. You talk to them, three highly intelligent guys. And I think that really shows is how they na have navigated the season. It's, it's pretty darn impressive of what they've been able to do with, as you said, three guys that are kind of relatively unknown. I mean, Jake was known here in Indiana circles, but maybe outside of that, not really, but, He's a superb crew chief. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving over to the Kings Royal in Eldora, you're going to be there all four days uh, on the microphone in, in various capacities. We saw a couple of weeks ago with the Double Dreams, Brandon Overton just go on this insane run and, and literally win everything and, and take it, you know, every time he was on the track, he was incredibly fast. I feel like we're not, like, I, I think I saw a tweet or something from the other day from somebody about, like, whether that was possible this weekend with the Kings Royals. I don't think it is. I no. feel like, you know, that we <clears throat> a, a very different week play out for the Kings Royals, but you know, what are you kind of looking at? I, I know you do a ton of research and a ton of notes. Like what are things that kind of stand out to you as, as we get ready to start these four days? I, I will go ahead and say right now, I do not see a driver sweeping this weekend. That's incredibly hard. Not that it wasn't hard for, that's not taking anything away from what Brandon over. No, for did, sure. That's no. certainly absolutely one of the most impressive things I've seen in a race car, but I just, I don't see it happening in the sprint cars. Brad Sweet has been super impressive there. Logan Schuhart, I think, is I'm going to say he's going to win one of the $175,000 races because he's going to be able to put together an effort that's going to start him in the top 10, where a couple of years ago we saw him go from like 12th to lead in 11 laps. If he can start inside that top six and win a heat race, he's going to be one to keep an eye on. The thing that most interests me is a guy like Carson Macedo that I feel like is a contender pretty much everywhere, especially in this 41 car, Phil Dietz. He has yet to make an A main at the Kings Royal. And that's going to change this week. He's going to make two, and I think he'll be a contender. But can a guy come in and upset things? You know, can a non-outlaw guy come in and win? Can Tyler Courtney be a force? Because Tyler in a non-wing sprint car at Eldora is, as we saw at Let's Race 2, pretty darn impressive. He had five straight wins and ran second and threw a slider to lead late and then ran well in the wing car, ran two top tens in May. And let some laps. So Tyler's a guy, if he can hit that invert right, could be interesting to see because he gets around there so well. But I I think Brad Sweet is 
he's the guy right now. He gets around Eldora good. And what he's done the last three weeks in a sprint car leading into Kings Royal, he's flying high right now in that 49 car. I feel like somebody that like, and I don't know that calling him a dark horse is really fair, but I feel like somebody people really need to watch out this week for is Brent Marks. Yes. He, he won one of the governor's rain races last year. He's run well. He's won at Eldora in the past. Um, and it seems like since he's kind of gotten back in his own equipment, things have kind of turned back around for him. But like, do you honestly think that he's a guy that could win one of these races? Absolutely. I mean, he, he won an outlaw race there this spring and he set quick time with the all-stars at Sharon. I knew realized Sharon and Eldora are polar opposites, but he proved that he can qualify. That, that was a good qualifying effort, which has always been kind of his, maybe Achilles heel is qualifying because you see few drivers pass more cars than Brent Marks. If he can start towards the front, which with this Eldora format, say he doesn't have the greatest qualifying effort and hits that invert, right? Oh boy, look out. I, I think you're right. Brent Marks may be a dark horse. If you could say that I'm really interested to see what Anthony, what Anthony Macri can do yeah, with Bernie working on the car. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And, and Jim Shuttlesworth as well, who, He's going to have a known commodity with Jim helping on the car as well. And then you add Bernie in and that car is always fast. That's going to be one where, and it's a half mile. And obviously Anthony on half miles is pretty impressive. One at Port Royal here this past week. There are some cool, intriguing storylines coming into this week as who can run well, who can win. And obviously with two Kings Royals, I mean, that's going to be just, I think going to be madness. Uh your series does does heat race inversions. Um, the Outlaws used to do heat race inversions. They don't anymore, but we're going to see that this week with, with the Kings Royal. Do you think guys play the game in terms of qualifying? Like, you know, are guys trying to hit certain spots? Like, is that possible, like, to, to try to play that game, to try to get a better heat race start? So I asked Dale Blaney that, ironically, just a couple of weeks ago as a guy that, you know, has played, not played the game, but knows what how to do it in heat. He told me, yeah, you can tinker with it and you can do it. It's tough, but it's possible. And I, I really, I was one of those guys that thought you can't sandbag. It's too hard. Like, especially from first to say 36, where the invert lies, it could be a, honestly, it's not unrealistic to say three tenths of a second could divide that. And how do you, how do you quantify that? But he said, you know, the way that these guys can do things and fuel these cars, it's, it's, it's possible to do that. And I, I thought that was pretty interesting because I thought that was just this kind of unicorn out there that wasn't possible. What do you think we will see in terms of car count at Eldora? I'm guessing upper fifties to 60. I mean, I feel like in a normal year, we'd probably be in the 70 neighborhood, but guys are having to watch how they use their equipment right now because motor builders are struggling to get parts. Parts are, you know, at a, at a, at, are limited, excuse me there. And, that's interesting. And I feel like the purse continues to rise at, El at Kings Royal, which is going to be fun. So I really think in coming years, we're going to see that car count climb. But I think around 60, maybe ish, get to low 60s would be pretty darn good. And that gives us six 10 car heat races, which is all you can ask for. Do you think that the format is a reason why we don't see more? Like, I feel like we're, you know, we always kind of flirt around that hundred car number with the Nationals. And like, I guess I'm wondering why we don't see closer to that for Kings Royal. I think the format honestly gives the locals a chance to come in and do well. Like knowing that, Hey, if I can just qualify in the middle of this pack, I'm going to start on the front row of a heat race and I've got a chance. I mean, that's, 
that's why you've seen, you know, Cole Duncan on the front row of the Kings Royal and Trey Starks and such work. They've got a chance to to come in and upset things. So I honestly think the format helps it. The thing, the difference is I feel like between the Knoxville Nationals of the Kings Royal is the Knoxville, the Nationals is the Nationals, obviously, but the purse at the Nationals is, I mean, just because it's so many in the E main is like seven hundred dollars. Yeah. And the first non-transfer at the Knoxville Nationals is like six or seven thousand dollars. I mean, that's a that's a win, say with the all-stars to just not make the A, and it's ten thousand dollars to start the A. But Kings Royal is closing, you know, it's getting better. I think the Kings Royal is up to four thousand to start now, something like that. So the purse at the Kings Royal now versus say five years ago, even from second to twenty-fourth, is increased exponentially. So, but I, I also think it kind of hurts it maybe being so close to the nationals. I don't know what your thoughts are there being that, you know, guys can't come out for three, four weeks in race, maybe from California. So they have to pick one in Iowa closer than California. And, and during the Knoxville national central Pennsylvania tracks are, are quiet non-point shows and such. So they almost encourage their guys to go out there, whereas King's Royal, it's point shows. So guys aren't missing things in central PA. Yeah, I just like, uh, you know, and, and I have this kind of same question. I, I I put a tweet out this week about some stuff happening in the late model world and, and you know, the 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 idea of there being some kind of higher paying shows and and like all of a sudden it seems like, and, and maybe it's not all of a sudden, you know, but maybe it just seems like it, but that like almost like these higher paying shows, like it, it almost doesn't matter that you still have like certain guys that are going to show up and certain guys that aren't like no matter what. And, and, you know, I'm not like super like, you know, into the finances and stuff of, of some of these race mm-hmm. teams to understand like, you know, what they're trying to get done on a weekly basis. But I know I just, I feel like if I was somewhere in the country with a 410 sprint car and the Kings Royal was going on, I don't know why you wouldn't show up there. Just, yeah. you know, just like, you know, whether you're going to win it or not win it, like, you know, I, I feel like the, the Nationals has that a little bit that it's like, I'm just going to go run the Knoxville Nationals because it's the Knoxville Nationals and it doesn't matter how I, how I race. I, I don't know why the Kings Royal isn't like kind of that same feeling to me. Um, and, and I'm wondering like what more it will take, I guess, to, to kind of get it to that point. I've kind of wondered the same thing. Like, I don't know, Knoxville nationals on Saturday, it has a feel to it that you can't even manufacture. And I didn't feel that last year. That was one of my first things that I commented when I got back from the, uh, I can't even remember what it was called, but the impromptu Knoxville nationals, let's call it the not nationals, the not nationals. Yeah. Is Saturday didn't really have that feel. It had a big race feel, but it didn't have that like electrifying feel of walking underneath the grandstands on Saturday. And you, you can't manufacture it. It's like Friday night lights. It's just there. And Eldora is getting closer to that feel. And I've said to many people back home in Iowa, like the feel of Eldora now compared to the feel of Eldora five years ago is exponentially different. It's they are raising the game every year we go there. So it's getting closer, but, I agree, man. If I had a 410, I'd be at Eldora. I mean, it's the second biggest race in sprint car racing. It's the highest paying winner share in sprint car racing, obviously. Take out the lap money at Knoxville. And these drivers want to race for big money. 175 grand is pretty damn big money, if you ask me. Yeah, I don't uh, I, I don't understand that. Um, I'm curious your take. Something I've been thinking about a lot lately is, you know, what what we're seeing with Donnie Shots right now, right? Like not that Donnie like isn't the Donnie of old and that there aren't still like lots of things that that team is working through. Like he he's, you know, it's not Ricky Warner anymore and not, not to, you know, knock on Steve Swenson at all, but, but it's not Ricky Warner. And, you know, there's still obviously issues with the Ford engine. They're trying to figure out how that works with the car setup and all of this stuff. 
But I'm wondering just Donnie's style of driving and kind of where that is right now with things. And, and if you look at the guys that seem to be successful right now, um, you know, the, the Carson Macedos, the Kyle Larson's and, and even Brad to a point is like really hyper aggressive. And like, I feel like Donnie, that's just not how Donnie races. And, and one of the things that, you know, you always respected about Donnie was Donnie won, but Donnie won clean. Yeah. And I'm wondering if at this point with as aggressive as the racing has gotten, is that hurting Donnie? The fact that he just won't bonsai guys like some of these other guys will. That's a good point that I hadn't thought of. I feel like the whole Donnie deal is overblown. People are acting like Donnie's running 12th every night. No, and, for sure. Yeah. And, and that's, I guess that's the other part of it he, is it's he, like, he's, he's still Donnie shots. <laughs> like they're, they're right there. I yeah. feel like, you know, if things fall their way, if the cards fall their way a couple times this year, he's got four or five wins and oh, that's just sure. the way it goes. Yeah. But that's an excellent point where I feel like the driving styles have changed a little bit and you have to kind of be that hyper aggressive, not where Donnie's kind of through the middle and a little bit more relaxed and he's not going to drive someone dirty. And I feel like as you've seen anymore, I almost feel like sometimes you have to drive a guy dirty. And that's something that I will always respect about Donnie shots is he's just not willing to do that. He's not going to do that. And, I think that's probably what makes him one of the best of all time. When's the last time that you've seen Donnie shots dirty someone up? No, I, you, you, you just can't name it. I mean, yeah, but I, th I think that's, what's even more impressive about Donnie is the fact that he's been able to do what he's done and he does it 1000% clean. And like, you, yeah, I feel like you don't even like, if you look back over the kind of the course of Donnie's wins, like it's almost like you don't think about that. That's the way he did it. But like, if you go back and watch Donnie race, like he doesn't do that. And, and when it's done to him, like, I mean, the, the Knoxville nationals with Jason Johnson comes to mind, yep. like when it happens to him, like he's upset about it, but I feel like with what we've seen from, you know, if you look at what Larson did last year and, and not that Larson dirties people either, I don't want to say no. that Larson is a dirty driver by any stretch, but Larson is very, very aggressive in a sprint car. And, you know, you've seen it with Carson Macedo, you know, you see like when these guys are working lap traffic and things like that, some of the chances almost that they have to take to try to maintain their positions. And Donnie just doesn't do that. And, and I guess I'm wondering if that's, you know, like you're seeing almost like a shift because of what you see from guys like Larson, that some of these other younger guys now coming up are thinking, okay, now like, I'm going to go try to do like what Larson does and, and be more aggressive. And if that's not hurting Donnie, because I just, I don't see Donnie, changing especially at yeah. this point in his career to be more like that i think that's more of a calculated risk too like the 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 way he came up you didn't have to drive like that i mean because steve was going to drive you clean sammy was going to drive you clean even i mean he didn't race against doug much but doug wasn't i mean those guys they didn't really drive on the ragged edge they were just smooth and fast and that's how donnie is and i don't it's, it's an interesting point to see because, yeah, even Brad Sweet's willing to go out on – he doesn't do it all the time, but he he can. But Donnie's also, you know, in his 40s and maybe – I mean, how many more wins would he have too, if you think about it? Would he have if he were willing to drive someone maybe a little bit dirty or really push it past and, you know, drive to the edge where it's like, I'm either going to win this or I'm going to flip it in, you know, junk a car. Where instead he just kind of said, you know what, I'll run second and win a championship. Yeah. So it is an interesting point though. I don't know how you quantify that. Risk, yeah, yeah, I don't know how you do either, but it is, it is something that's, I hadn't thought of that. That's a good point. Um, when you look at the Kings Royal this week, and obviously we've talked about it, a bunch of different drivers. Are there some other guys that you think could jump up and like surprise people and, and maybe not win the Kings Royal, but maybe win a prelim night or, or, or run really well. 
I, I, there's one driver I didn't mention. And obviously now I feel like an idiot that I feel like can win the Kings Royal is going to win. I'm going to call it win one of the four races at the Kings Royal this weekend, or he's going to win a qualifying night of the Knoxville nationals. One of these six nights, Kerry Madsen, Kerry Madsen. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about part of the reason they got him is he can feel things out, but you're also a contender every time you're at Knoxville and every time you're at Eldora and Kerry is a guy that he is going to be one to watch. And obviously he's proven he's fast. He got two outlaw wins. He's won at Knoxville. So he'll be one that's going to be fun to keep an eye on. I'm interested there. Corey Eliason has run well at Eldora in the past, obviously ran on the podium in the Roth car and has run well in the routine car there. Can, can he hit that light switch and cash in big this week? He's been, as I said, been running better with the all-stars ran second this past weekend. And has certainly found his groove a little bit, maybe starting to hit on some things. And now's the right time to be hitting on stuff. I feel like that's maybe a guy you could quantify as a dark horse because he hasn't had the greatest year, hasn't won yet in a 410, won a 360 show at Knoxville last week. And is kind of maybe finding his stride there in that 26 car. Justin Peck is a guy that will lay it all on the line to win a race like that and is thrilling to watch. Aaron Reitzel's a guy that I'm interested to see too. He's he, I think he could win the Brad Doty Classic tonight. It, at the All-Stars, he maybe didn't have the amount of wins at Attica that you would think that he had, but he broke leading probably three or four times. Uh, it was really dusty one night. A lot of cars spun in front of him, couldn't see it, hit him. So he probably had five or six more wins at Attica. Things go his way, and he's been super fast this year in spots, and he's a guy, as you mentioned, is willing to take a risk to win a big race. So I feel like that's a guy that could, could, could win one. And I don't, I, I'm struggling to think of maybe anybody else that could, there's not anyone. I'm not saying there's not anyone that can do it. I'm interested to see, okay, is this Jack Hodenshield? Obviously his last draw there. Is this Dave Blaney's last go there too? Cause there's something magical about watching those two guys run there that even if they're in the C main, it's still, you find most of the people in the grandstands are out of tension when they're on the racetrack. How and big Dave's of a, been fast. How big of a science experiment is that car that Dave's been running? Holy cow. I went up to it and looked at it on Saturday at Sharon and took a picture of it. And everyone's like, oh, the, I got I think I got three or four responses. And it wasn't even about the car. It was about the names on the nose wing. And that's all people wanted to say was, what is going on? It's an experiment. But you've seen he's run three races this year. He ran third with us. Sharon didn't go to the scales, so <clears throat> got 24th, won with the outlaws, and was potentially going to win the Lou Blaney this weekend and then hit the infield tire. So he's proved in three races he's been fast, and Eldora has been a place where he's had some pretty big moments in his career. And in Pete Grove 70 a couple of years ago, we thought maybe we were going to see him get back to victory lane at an outlaw race at Eldora. And I think he broke her in second, and that was pretty thrilling. So I'm excited. I, I don't take it for granted to see those guys run on El, the grand stage at Eldora. Uh, back to Kerry really quick. Obviously, you're a guy that's kind of part of that, like Tony Stewart kind of universe. You're in the shop there. What is that relationship like between him and 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 Ricky Warner? I, I feel like Kerry and Donnie have <laughs> such different personalities um, and um, I'm just curious, like what that dynamic is like between the two of them. And obviously like the, the work that Kerry has done, I'm sure has helped elevate that kind of whole program there. But, but what has that relationship been like? It seems to be pretty good. I haven't been able to spend a ton of time around them because they've been racing 
with the outlaws and racing out with Knoxville quite a bit and getting laps on motors out there and trying to get things dialed in for the nationals, but boy, they've clicked. I mean, they've been so fast every time they're on the racetrack. I know at first when Kerry got in the car, he was here in the shop for four or five days and Gooch, Jeff Patterson, that's like Tony, he's the OG employee, employee one told him, Hey, you've been in the shop way too much for the 14 guy We're for 14 driver. We're going to have to, you can't come here anymore. You've been here three times this year. I'm sorry. Your key, your pass doesn't work anymore, but he seems to be clicking. And I feel like we're seeing retro carry Madsen again. That's just on the hammer all the time, comfortable in the race car, willing to take risks again, which has been fun to see. I, I, like I said, I think he's going to win one of those six races I mentioned, whether it be his qualifying night at Knoxville, the nationals or one of these four nights at Eldora. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I will let you go. I certainly appreciate the time today. Um, who are the guys? I, I feel like we just saw Hunter Schoenberg win a race uh, this weekend. Who else is capable right now, you think, of, of jumping up and surprising and, and maybe winning an outlaw show, winning an all-star show, or you know, winning one of these we, these big shows, some of these young guys that you uh, you get to see on a weekly basis? I think Macri's going to win a big all-star show before the end of the year. He's going to be maybe Tusky 50 and jump out, and we're starting to see him travel a little bit more. You look at like Lincoln Speedway, if he could, if he'd leave Lincoln, I'm interested to see, but Tyler Ross has been pretty good there. He just won again for a second time this year and the Lincoln guys kind of stay at Lincoln, but Tyler will go run Williams Grove every once in a while. So I'm interested to see how that pairing goes. Logan Wagner's coming to Knoxville nationals this year, along with Mike, the Zemco car hasn't been out there for a while, but you look what Logan's able to do on half miles. Could he surprise some people and lock into the Knoxville nationals main event for a guy that doesn't race much outside of Port Royal? That's going to be an interesting one. I don't really know if there's a guy outside of Cole Macedo in Ohio that could do that. I'm not saying there isn't, but no one comes to mind. Travis Philo has been fast lately. Won there a couple, won at Attica a couple weeks ago. And now Travis has AJ Havens working on the car. If it goes to the bottom, Greg Wilson could be fun with Andy Potter. I mean, he and Andy, Andy's a great wrench. And as we know, on a slick track, Greg thrives. So does Eldora slick off later in the week? I mean, if Greg Wilson is a contender at Eldora come Saturday night, that would be bananas. The world might burn. Yeah. I mean, that could be the most, that'd be the greatest victory lane in sprint car racing. I feel like if he's able to win at Eldora this week, like the, I, I don't think it'd be topped. Yeah. His for sure. passion for that place. Well, Blake Anderson, voice of the all-stars, uh, plug your show. Uh, I, I know you're, you're doing some recording. Uh, you've got your show over there on flow racing. Uh, who, who have you had on lately and, and how can people uh, check that out? Yeah, Anderson 410. I try to get to an array of guests. I think today I'm going to have Michael Rigsby, and I'm going to try to talk to Shane Stewart here in the next week or so because of his ties to the next couple of weeks with Kings Royal. And obviously the 360 Nationals are some events that are pretty tied to his legacy and now run Port City that's been super successful down there with Kevin Rudine. But I've had a lot of the All-Star guys. Had David Gravel on a couple times. Got to get Tyler Courtney again. Zeb Wise has been good. He's He's been fun. Zeb's been fast this year, and his – He's only 18, but it's been interesting. It was one of those shows that came out of the pandemic and we were thinking of content for the pandemic. And then us, we've just kind of kept it going and we do it once a week and I enjoy it. I'm going to be off for a couple of weeks here as I go back home, but it's, it's work too. I mean, you know how much oh, work yeah. it is to get these shows sure. put together. I don't think folks realize how much work it is to get your notes in line and be prepared for show, which is what blows me away that you do it every single day. I just got to do it once a week. It's dumb, but it's it, super dumb. It's been fun and I enjoy it. And it's an opportunity for me to get these, to know, obviously race fans get to know these drivers a little bit, but me to get to know these guys a little bit better. And I think it helps me in the booth as well, be able to tell some stories about these guys 
as they're running up front. So cool. Well, Blake, have fun at uh, Eldora. Thanks for the time today. Yeah, thank you, Justin. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Blake for his time today. Make sure to check out his show, Anderson 410, over on Flow Racing. You can also hear him all season long with the All-Star Circuit of Champions. You can find the Dirt Tracker podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you get podcasts. You can also watch the shows on YouTube. For more cool dirt racing stuff, visit DirtTracker.com and follow Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.